The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Alrighty, guys, today on the program from Connecticut, we have Kevin, and he owns a turf nutrition company. Welcome to the program, Kevin. Hey, good morning, Paul. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I look forward to hearing more about your story. You've been in this industry for a long time, so share your story. All right, so I, I started roughly at the age of 14 um, as a with a, a neighborhood landscaper. I had a, a massive addiction when I was 14. I, I did a sport called motocross, and if anyone's done that and they know what the costs are, my parents wouldn't fund that. So I went to work for the, the neighborhood landscaper to basically fund the sport that I loved and um, got hooked once I realized I could make money. Two, I enjoyed working outside. And three, I was able to support whatever I had from there. And it just continued on from there through high school. As soon as I was out of high school, um, I actually became a manager of a garden center of a friend that had a landscaping company all through high school. He went out and leased a, a garden center and, and we grew under 9,000 square feet, something I've never, ever done before. And we did our, our landscape design out of there as well. And then just continued in the green space from there to where um, I ended up working for a large family owned business in Northern Connecticut. Uh, we did about the North of 5 million every year, commercial maintenance. Uh, we had about 75 to 80 guys in the summertime and roughly 300 uh, in the wintertime dealing with all the subcontractors and shovelers we needed. Wow. So I was, I became the general manager of that company and helped the owner who had that going for 35 years, sell it to a national company called Brightview where contractually I ended up staying for one year of part of the agreement, but stayed one more year and just realized that the corporate model of landscaping just wasn't for me, not any fault on Brightview, um, just a, a different way of thinking compared to being a small, large company and the decisions that had to be made based on, you know, a publicly traded company on the stock market just wasn't something that I was ready for as a challenge. So I decided to go out on my own. Um, I've always been a, a turf nut. We did back with the the large, small company that we had was, um, you know, 8 million square feet of turf that we managed and did ourselves. And I had my hands on that and managing that. Um, and understood turf and was on the turf for many, many years myself prior to. So I started a turf nutrition company, a little different than fertilization. I, I, I dislike the word fertilization and not, not just to be in, in the realm of, you know, it's a bad word, but really um, with human nutrition, which I, I dabble in and, and big into fitness, that really whatever happens under the soil, the grass above it is just a secondary result. So when we work on the true nutrition, not just the macronutrients, but the micronutrients, great things are going to happen with the turf from there. So I started turf nutrition instead of turf fertilization. 
And that's in, in Connecticut um, is where your yeah. customers are? Correct. Yeah. I just service three or four towns. Um, I'm, I'm blessed. My root density is extremely thick. Um, I work on renewals. I really don't do too much with advertising anymore. And I have all that I can handle. I am a owner operator, solar sole provider myself. Um, and blessed to be doing what I do every day. I absolutely love what I do. Interesting. So what's the responsibility uh, stress ratio being a solopreneur after you have the experience of working for the biggest company in the um, industry with all of them employees and all those customers and all that stress and responsibility? That is, a, that is a great question. When I was with the family owned business, the owner still had his hands involved except for the last couple of years. And it was fun. Brilliant man learned so much from him. Can't stress enough of knowing our numbers. And we can talk about that in a minute, but the stress was there, but not nearly as much as when I went to the larger company. When we were with a smaller company, you always had the owner as a fallback. So if there was some type of mistake, yeah, still he would be there to help and, and train and, and move forward. When it became the larger company, that branch had to produce. It was you that was the last fall guy until it went up to the next level. And that one of the guys that I've worked with for 12 years, he said, you looked like Obama when he came into office and left office, you grade, you aged. It was, it was very difficult to now it is totally different. There is a lot of responsibility and stress, but in a different way, it's, it's, it's good stress. The, the, probably the anxious stress of going out and producing and serving your customers getting wonderful email responses for what you do. The only difference is the numbers are your numbers. Now we always, I always had great staff around me that could produce phenomenal numbers and then I could manage off of those numbers. So now it's me, myself and I, which I was listening to one of your podcasts and I heard that Megan's not taking any more customers. And I'm so lucky that I got in with her when I did. Oh, wow. So when, how, yeah. how was that days ago, <laughs> weeks ago, months ago, how long have no. you been working with uh, Joey and Megan and their team? So I, I reached out in August. I interviewed a couple companies and decided to go with Megan. Good, We've had a couple choice. just, yeah, I, I agree. Just a couple warm up meetings we haven't had our first real monthly. And uh, if she listens to this, I'm very sorry. She's going through my books probably like yours were, they were probably pretty messy. Um, so there's some back end work that they're doing, but I'm, I'm like a kid going to the, the playground. I can't wait for our first meeting. Yeah, well, just to te tease you and, and kind of preview up how helpful those meetings are. When I when I started with them, like you said, I was on a call. Ironically, I was in the Lowe's parking lot, um, which I, I I partner with Lowe's now. But anyway, that's, that's irrelevant. We're, I was talking with Megan, and she's like, Paul, before we can even start the routine and the rhythm and like, you know, just the regular maintenance of, of keeping on top of your books, like we got to clean up all this junk from last, you know, I was, I was basically receipts in a shoebox uh, type type guy like Fullerton up there. And uh, so we got all that cleaned out. And then the first month we had, it was called our monthly profit meeting. And um, we went over my uh, statement of cash flows, um, which is the first time I took a very serious look at that report. And then my balance sheet. And then I was familiar with the profit and loss statement, but you know, just the way we, we strategically itemized each line and had a game plan. And then after about a year of that, just every month, 
with them combing through every line of all three of those reports, I started to get more and more confident. And then what happens is once you have a year of accurate data, then you can really start understanding the story that your numbers are specifically telling. And so Joey, her husband would start giving me goals like, Hey, let's aim next month to hit this revenue mark and let's have self-control to keep the expenses beneath this line and and anyway, it's like a game. It's like gamified now. It's like okay, and, and I keep winning because I keep hitting the revenue goal, and I keep staying, you know, um, underneath the threshold I need to for expenses. It's just it's just life changing. Um, their system. So anyway, I'm I'm glad that you got in. And for those listening that are on the outside looking in, I'm hoping that they'll open back up in 2023. But what happened was so many listeners called them and they just like you, uh, Kevin, they want to do a good job and serve everybody well that they just didn't have the bandwidth to take on new clients and make sure their existing ones are getting properly taken care of. So once they reopen enrollment next year, I'll let everyone know, but I'm glad you, you snuck in at the last minute. And I think that really speaks miles for them and themselves as wanting to be a provider in the industry that they're in is to actually pull the reins back and put a hard stop in, which I had to do this year as well. Um, I, those are the companies I want to be with because everyone can take one more, take one more, take one more. But you know, when that happens, quality is going to drop off. Your family life for that company is going to drop off. So I'm, I'm really happy to partner with someone that kind of has the same mentality as I do, which, which is wonderful. I'm excited. Very excited. That's great. How long have you been in business uh, now, you know, own, owning and operating your own deal? 2018. And I went completely solo 100% um, two years ago. So this would be my third season out doing this for a living completely. And what services exactly are you offering? So to use the, the word that I don't like, I do turf fertilization and tick management, core aeration, overseeding. That's it. I don't mow. I don't blow. I did it for 35 years managed. You know, when, when we were with that, that family business, we had roughly 17 to 19 crews that rolled out every day. We had three fin bark blowers that blew eight, uh, six to 8,000 yards of mulch. We did 8 million square feet of turf management. And in the sun, in the wintertime, we had upwards of 300 people every storm that went out. So what I would like to talk about is how important efficiency is and going to be over the next two years. I've been through this in the nineties. I've been through this in 2008 It happened again in nine 11 and we're going to see it again. Time is money and it's going to be so, so important to be as efficient as possible because your profit margin is going down without you even knowing it right now until you get that monthly review. Or if you're smaller and you just get the one end review where you realize that labor's going up, materials going up, gas is going up, all those things, you need calculated movements every day to save $5 here, $7 there, $15 there. Those go directly to the bottom line, which will go in your pocket. You have to have that mentality moving forward. What have been some of those efficiency hacks that you have uh, discovered uh, through your experiences? So one is if you're large enough to, on-site fueling is huge. Um, having crews go to a convenience store, unless there's a restroom issue or something you lose, if you have a, a two man crew, if you lose that, you're there 15 minutes minimum, cause someone's getting gas, 
and someone's going in and then they're going to swap. So you just burn 30 minutes of time that you're paying these guys that is not productive. We've also tracked the amount of accidents that happen in a gas station or a convenience store was far greater than the accidents that happened out on the roads themselves. So you're opening yourself up to a whole bookworm of problems there. So on-site fueling is, is huge. And then bring the employees in as a game of time management. So if you budget hours for a day or a job or whatever, and you track that and they have a weekly or a monthly below average, we would have a game. They would come back on the board. They'd write their hours. Are you red for the day or are you green? And at the, sure, you can be red on one day. Maybe it was a rainy, heavy mow day. But by the end of the week, if you're under budget for that two-man crew, points get added up and we would have different payouts that would happen, surprises, days off, earned hours, all that stuff. All those games so that the, the employee is part, your team members part of this saving money where they're getting something, but you're really getting more in, in return for it. Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? Well, with GPS Track It, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS Track It with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace of mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. Your mower blades are sharp, the whipper snipper is ready to rock, and you're all set to cut that grass and make that cash. Hi, it's Mr. Producer. I know you're ready to rock and roll, but have you thought about how to maximize your time on the mower once the podcasts are done for the day and you have hours of work still ahead? Let me recommend audiobooks from Audible. Paul has three titles that you can listen to, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, and the brand new 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care, which he so kindly allowed me to narrate. These audiobooks are a great way to make the most of your time and help you grow your business. I'll put links down in the podcast description. We know you need something that's easy to operate, comfortable, and still brings great performance. The Kubota Z400 Zero-Turn Mower Series brings all that and more. You'll also love the large fuel tank, so you can keep on working without interruptions. With the the fuel on site, uh, what are your suggestions for somebody who's maybe in that middle ground where they're they're thinking about it? There, I know um, I was just out at uh, Fayark. Eric Hill, you know, he's got... His big old uh, gas machines on his property and Caleb Allman just switched to that um, with the new shop he's building. And, and more and more guys are starting to find the ROI on that. But what, what would you say to somebody who's really considering that? Like what metrics should they be looking at um, to to measure out if that's worth it or not? So one thing you're, you want to realize is that you're not going to save 
so much money on the delivered price compared to at the pump. It's all saving on labor in itself. And and we tracked our guys wherever they were. So it went into the proper buckets. If it was drive time, if it was pit stop time at the end of the day, if it was on each job and it was all allocated so we could do a report card with each job. So we knew what the return was on a renewal time that we need to increase at what percentage. It just wasn't a 5% across the board, but with the gasoline, you know, when we first started, we didn't have tanks big enough to where trucks could drive to it, but we paid a high school kid in the evening to come in and drive around with a Bobcat with a fuel tank on there and go around from truck to truck and top them off. He had one for gasoline and one for diesel. Now we had 40 trucks. We were going out with 25 trucks every day. What we did, like, this is great that there's social media to learn all these little ideas. We didn't have that. So we would travel. We were part of, um, Bob Coulter and Jim Paluch of um, JP Horizons. We worked with Kevin Kehoe. We did the Marty Grunder, where we'd go to other people's shops and we would see what they were using. Now, they weren't direct competitors because they were always in different states, which is great. But we set up on our keyboard red rings or washers that would go on your keys if a driver came back and said, yes, I need fuel. So then our fuel attendant would come in, check oils, and then he would know what trucks needed to be fueled that day. That's kind of the middle ground to where many fuel companies, delivery companies will set you up with a rental tank that's fully enclosed, that's you know EPA registered. So if there's a leak, plug and play to where myself, I just use two little saddle tanks, two 35-gallon saddle tanks that I just go up once a week and fill. And the time it saves me from going to the gas station every day, because once you're there, hey, you might as well grab a coffee, you might as well do this. And then the attendant wants to talk to you because it's a small town. You're talking to everyone. It's a half an hour. And a half an hour is a lot of money in this world. And so we have to, you, you can be at different levels of that starting game of that fuel. Yeah. It's we down here, Kevin, we have a gas station called quick trip. And uh, I mean, you, you pull in there, you're probably looking at at least three landscaping companies there. And then, uh, you know, sometimes more. And, and of course we all chit chat and talk. And I mean, it's just the absolute waste of time. There, there's no way around it. So it's, it's not just getting fuel, like you said. So why well, And that's I, not billable time. Right. No, no, exactly. So they guys love it and they're going <laughs> to, they, it's a, uh, they, it's like uh, when you're in school and I don't know if you did this, <laughs> but I went to public school and you'd ask the teacher for the hall pass. And, Cause sure. you, you didn't, you didn't really have to go to the bathroom, but you said you did. And then you go out there and you, you know, you walk around and you dilly dally around and talk to other, who else was in the hallway and guys at work, you know, they understand if they can get to the gas station, they get a little break and, and they talk to their buddies and they get some chips and, and, uh, stale hot dogs and all that stuff. So anyway, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I, I think you made the point. I made the point and more and more folks are taking a look at this, but I'm curious, how did you get educated with turf management? And, and it seems like you're very passionate about the condition and health of soil and ultimately the, the blades of grass. How, how did you get that education and, and passion for actually making properties look pristine and, and nice? So about 20 years ago, um, I worked with a, a, the same guy that or family that I came out of high school with and went into the garden center business. Once that came to its max, they want, they actually moved down to South Carolina and jumped on that big bubble that was happening in the Charlotte area. We just had twins, my wife and I, so they wanted me to go. I'm like, it, that's just not going to be feasible with having twins and needing family for help. So they went down and then they came back after that bubble bursted um, and they were down in the Gold Coast area of Connecticut, New York border. And they realized that there's a thing called tick management. 
tick and Lyme disease is very bad up this way. Um, so one of the brothers started a tick control business and fertilization business. We always remained friends. I started moonlighting and helping him and found out that this nutrition part and tick management is a lot easier on an older body um, than actually doing hardscape install, pavers, the whole nine yards. And it was a specialty niche, which we were looking for. So that's where working with him and helping him develop that company, which in turn, he ended up selling to one of the large monsters, which is typically what happens. Um, that's where I learned and understood the passion. Where did I get the nutrition part of it? That's probably just from the, the crazy midlife that I had and got into CrossFit about nine years ago and understanding how to fuel a machine. And basically the plant being a living organism needs basically the same elements that we do. It's not just the macronutrients, but it's the micronutrients. And that's where I really got involved with a good foundation, great soil, bringing in more sustainable products, healthier products instead of just the quick fix smash up with some nitrogen and you get sustainability, it saves you money in the long run. Sure, there's a two-year window of really getting that lawn up to where it needs to be. But once you're into that, the lawn is basically the soil is doing the work for you and you save money because we, as we know, all products have gone up and fertilizer last year went up 17%. Fertilizer hasn't gone up 17% in the 35 years I've been in business, accumulative. Wow. So that one jump was amazing. <laughs> wow. And the forecast. Yeah, the Man. forecast right now is a possible 14% increase for next year. Yikes. Now, you you can't take 14% and pass that on to a client. So you have to find ways of efficiency and better products that you can get better results for less product. It, it It's a fun game. When you've been doing this long, you want to find these little things that keep you interested and move you to the next level. Crazy. What's the practical advice that you have, Kevin, for guys who are just starting out? Because you have the unique experience of being, you know, in so many different sizes of this business and seeing different angles. Uh, most folks that listen to my podcast are business owners. You know, they own their own business. Um, sure. A lot of guys are new at it. Uh, what's your practical advice to, to someone who's um, a new small business owner in this industry? It's going to be difficult financially to, to maybe swallow or even to really comprehend, but having a CRM system is vital. It, you know, when we were, we were in the business and we came along and we, we've used some great ones, Boss, Aspire, and then when with Brightview, they use their own system that has Salesforce linked to it. But having that database that does the work for you, and, and as a new guy, it may be hard to think about, wow, $80 a month, can I afford that? <clears throat> oh, I'm a nine-month company, now I have to pay that during the wintertime? You need to take that leap, because having, one, that professionalism, two, having that schedule, having that bill system is just is vital. That I can't say more than enough that in itself, and then pairing with someone to really run your numbers so you know, am I making money? Yeah, I may have a couple hundred dollars in, in my pocket after I pay my guys, but really, do I have money? In, in your courses that you have, I've personally purchased them myself to, I always want to learn. There's always things to learn. Knowing your numbers can't be said enough. And I know it's like beating a dead horse, but your business is your numbers. And if you don't have correct numbers, you don't have a business. That's good. We actually... I uh, John Pajak's calling me after this interview and we're creating another module that's going to be at, inserted into the know your numbers course. Cause a lot of guys are asking, we, we cover how you calculate your time, which, which ultimately 
you have to have clean books because once you have clean books, you can look at all the expenses you spent all year divided by how many hours, billable man hours you worked all year, and you'll know per man hour what your overhead is if, if you have clean records. But correct. what a lot of questions that we've been getting is when I go out and price a job, and I know you don't do you know, mulch or sod or things of that nature, but we get a lot of questions about that. Like, how do I give the right profitable price to the customer? And so that's what actually John and I are recording um, here shortly. By the time you guys are hearing this episode, it's probably already out um, and updated. But but if you go out and do a job with material, how do you price that job profitably? Um, that That's the module we're making tonight. And then anybody um, who already is in the Know Your Numbers program, you'll automatically get that um, up, updated in the system. When we put a new video in there, you're, you're grandfathered in forever. So um, as people ask questions, we continue to make more information around this stuff. But I'm, I'm continuously learning personally, Kevin, every month when I do a call with Megan and Joey, I, I learn something new every, every single month, whether it's a way to make uh, savings on taxes or, or a way to um, price, negotiate and anchor and just to, to present things to customers to earn more money. And there's always ways that we're going to have to get more creative with these um, wild increases to our expenses. And that's what allows you to wake up and energize every day. And, and as a business owner, you want to have that taste. You want to have the passion for saving more than the passion for spending. And once you have that, you're going to make critical moves, strategic moves in being able to efficiently save money that goes nowhere but to that net at the bottom. The net profit is where all that efficiency falls and that goes right into the business owner's pocket. Yeah, totally. And the margin when you when your business starts to get into that place where the the profit margins widen and and the margin is there, I mean you fall in love with your business cuz in the times, you know, I'm 12, 13 years deep into this thing. And in the early days when it, it was lopsided and there was too much um, month left at the end of the money, like you got, you're, you're, you're <laughs> like, I got all this expenses. I don't, you know, the pile of money to tackle the expenses isn't big enough. You, you can slowly hate this industry and business, even though you love it because the money part can get cloudy. But when you can get on top of that, then you can really enjoy serving your customers. So, yeah, and, and I think we all fall into the the trap of shiny and new. And you want, and we expanded as a business at the very last moment as needing, instead of going out and spending right away and having these bills of brand new equipments and leased this and leased that because. All right, it's newer, it's nice, it's all that, but we only expanded when we were busting at our seams. I, I remember one time the owner was away on vacation, and um, there's a short story, and we all had meetings prior to, we had to buy new mowers, $130,000 worth of mowers. And the owner's away on vacation, and time was up. I pulled the trigger, he came back from his vacation with a garage full of new mowers, Xmark mowers. It's, it was a sight to see, and he's like, wow, that's amazing. Everyone thought I was going to get fired because I just spent $130,000, but we had plenty of meetings, planning meetings up to that. I just pulled the trigger and it was the coolest thing to seal that machine, but our machines were old. They were tired. It was the right time we saved. We didn't finance and we paid for them. Mm -hmm. So don't get into that trap of, I have to have this. I have to have that because 
it's easy to get into that trap. I've been in it before. Really save, prepare for that purchase, show the profit that the purchase is available, and then you go. Yeah. And that's another last thing I'll say about this because I got to go. We'll bring you back on, Kevin, for part two. I know you're just warming up. But when you have somebody who's uh, doesn't have emotions involved and, and it's just black and white numbers like Megan and Joey who helped me, when it comes to that next purchase or that next employee or the next expansion that's going to cost money, they can run the ratios and the the actual math. Is it a green light and it's time to move forward with this purchase or do you need to wait a few months or is, is there some other way to to get that tool to get the job done. Um, but you, you run it from a place of math, not just, oh, I want that because the guy on Instagram has that new thing, shiny item. Um, but you're, And that's the great thing of, of having that partner. Now you're asking them for permission, validation to make a business move that they are seeing from a different angle. That's how you're going to succeed in business. Totally. Well, I really appreciate your time, Kevin. What we're going to do is uh, bring Kevin back on for a part two. Um, but in the meantime, um, how can people connect with you uh, via website, social media, a- any way people can um, can get in touch with your business? Yeah, everything is Root Development LLC. So it, whether it's at Facebook, Instagram, at Gmail, so Root Development LLC at gmail.com. Um, I do a little bit of consulting. I'm, I'm not like you, but I do some some pricing matrix for fertilization and snow bidding. Obviously, snow's big up here, and we could do a whole episode on snow and moving forward and, and some help with that. Yeah, that, that sounds fantastic. We got a ton of listeners up in Minnesota and Canada and, mm-hmm. and Michigan and New York, and you guys remind me of why I moved down south. But <laughs> I... I, I, I uh, I say plow that snow and make that dough, but you can actually fill in the blanks of how you make that dough plowing the snow. So um, that'd be a great. Would love to be able to talk about it. Great. Another episode. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, we'll, we'll get you scheduled for uh, part two here sooner than later. Thanks uh, for your time, right. Kevin. Yep. Y'all have a great day. You need to increase your prices to earn more, but you better do it correctly or your customers will become unhappy. You want to discover the proven method to easily increase your prices? I've assembled the Price Increase Letter Template. It's a plug-and-play document that will allow you to inform your customers in the correct way so that they understand why and will gladly accept your price increase. You can pick up the Price Increase Letter Template today at the Resource Center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.